Hello, Devlin here with you, and welcome to another edition of the Mondo Nostalgia Podcast. We try to get one out to you every week, and today is a bit of a special one. It's our unofficial Halloween episode, but it's also a continuation of last week's podcast, where I was counting down my 20 favorite Halloween horror movies. And if you listen to that one, thank you. It was great. And if you did not know I did that one, maybe go look for that one on the YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, because we're on iTunes and a couple of other places. I think we're on Spotify and other things. But anyhow, you can go back and listen to what 20 and 11 were. That was our part one. And uh, yeah, we're going to now continue that as I move into my 10 favorite Halloween movies. Now, this is, sorry, Halloween horror movies. I'm putting that because if you listened last week, this is a bit of a repeat, but if you're new to this and don't want to listen to 20 to 11, you just want to hear my cream of the crop, I've chosen movies that I think are still scary to me and stuff like that. So you won't see comedy horrors like uh, Young Frankenstein, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Phantom of the Paradise. I even knocked out stuff like Jaws and Deep Blue Sea movies that I like watching in the summer. But they're not really movies I watch around Halloween time. I also didn't put Alien in here, which is one of my favorite movies. But I always put that as a science fiction movie. Although, boy, that works very much as a horror movie too. So... There's a lot of stuff, Mad Monster Party, you won't see in here. These are just movies that make my skin crawl. And the reason I broke it up is to give me more of a chance to talk about them, because it's Halloween. Is there a better time to talk about Halloween horror movies? Absolutely not. Anyhow, you made your predictions. You're probably thinking, I know what's in his top ten. But I do have a couple surprises, I think. So, without further ado, let's get talking about movies. And we're going to continue with an older movie that comes in at number 10, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, starring Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. This movie is a delight. I have wanted to see that movie for so long, and when I finally did, it lived up to all my expectations. I actually only thought it was a drama film, but this definitely qualifies, qualifies as horror. It's not what you per se think of uh, first when you think of a scary movie, but when you're thinking of a movie that sets a tone and just makes you kind of, you know, it builds in, in terror, this movie has it. It also has some great performances. They're a little over the top, but still incredible. For you youngins who've never heard of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, it's the story of two sisters who were both in Hollywood, but one was a child star and one was a star later on in life. They've had a competition forever and now both their stars are fading and Betty Davis takes care of Joan Crawford, who um, is was in a car accident that has left her paralyzed. Now this movie is rich with, it's filmed in glorious black and white, and the fact that there was this rivalry between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford makes this movie even more 
delicious because it's a, a kind of a match of wits because it kind of plays like a movie I talked in my first 20 uh, to 11 misery. It kind of plays on, you know, the two of them kind of trying to one-up each other and stuff like that. It's also a beautiful examination on mental illness and how people play on each other's uh, you know gaslight each other it, it's just a really revealing film and if you're an old movie fan then you've probably definitely seen this and if you haven't please do yourself a favor and check it out because this is a movie that doesn't get talked about a lot during the halloween season i'm not afraid to talk about it so there it is at number 10 whatever happened to baby jane coming in at number nine is one of the newer films i think it's the newest out of all of them could be wrong on that it is don't breathe this is a movie i saw in theaters and i absolutely adored it and i've shown it to a couple of other people and they have actually liked it too um i am just being a bad host right now and looking up the stars and everything because i know dylan minette's in it but after that i don't know and these people deserve it uh it was directed by fede alvarez and it stars doo -doo -doo, jane levy stephen lang dylan minette and daniel zavada and you might have seen this but you might not don't breathe is kind of a you know a generic title but when i first found this movie i just loved it uh this movie's kind of neat because it's one of those movies you're not sure who you should be really voting for because everybody has a bit of a dark side and uh and that is something i love it's basically about three teens who are tired of living in this nowhere town and they decide that possibly what they need to do is to um do some robberies and they come up with a plan to do some robberies when those little robberies just aren't working they try for a big one and they find an old bl uh, blind veteran who lives all alone and basically they believe he's got his fortunes in the house when they get to the house they think knocking off a blind guy will be easy but it isn't and when we soon discover that the blind guy might not be as innocent as everybody thinks that's when the movie gets real there is some over-the-top parts in this but overall this plays very awesome it it you you don't have a chance to breathe in this because the movie is constantly moving forward this is not really a plot you know basically what i call like a pot boiler where it takes time to build this movie throws you right into it and everything that happens is just leads to something else to something else something else this movie was a big hit at the block at the at the box office but i really think it should get more love and that's why i chose to talk about it and that's why it's sitting nicely at number nine Coming in at number eight is the classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1973. This movie is bug nuts crazy and it still scares the crap out of me every time I watch it. In fact, every time I watch it, I love it, but I tell myself I don't need to see it anymore. 
But guess what? That doesn't stop me. And every couple of years I put this thing on and I am just terrified thing. They claim this is based loosely on a true story, which always gives it a little bit more edge, but it's very loosely. But it does mix a couple of stories together. Basically, a group of teens find themselves in the middle of Texas, and when they decide to, you know, explore an area that they were trying to get to, they find out that they stumbled on a town that has a family of really strange inbred people. And this movie works on so many levels. It's kind of a slasher flick. And then all of a sudden the movie takes a turn and we find ourselves almost in the middle of a different movie altogether. I remember showing Damien this movie and you can actually see his response to this movie. Uh, in one of our Damien and Devlin show reviews and this movie still was terrifying today I could tell how quiet he was watching this that it's like this is just as effective as it probably was in 1973 of course this has the famous Leatherface in it and uh, yeah Leatherface is almost one of the normal ones even when he's wielding his massive chainsaw and slicing up teens but when you meet the rest of his family, you start wondering, yeah, he's probably one of the normal ones in the family. This movie is jarring still today. Um, yeah, it's movies like this that make me not like road trips too much, or I make sure I'm in big cities or in well-lit areas when I go on road trips. But this movie really still works, and uh, there has been some sequels. Uh, I actually don't mind the remake of this. Um, it's, it's more stylistic and it's, it's still, it's more gory than scary, but this movie is unnerving. And if you want a good scare on Halloween night, you can't do worse than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This will really stick with you. And as I said, this is a movie that I constantly remind myself, why do I put myself through this? And then I realize, cause it's that good. Coming in at number seven is The Shining. Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Lou Gossett Jr., and of course directed by Stanley Kubrick. This is another one like Misery you can watch in the Dead of Winter as well as Halloween, but it certainly works. It's kind of a ghost story and so much more. Basically, Jack Nicholson and his wife, Shelley Duvall, and their young son decide that they're going to go and basically take care of an abandoned hotel. And the hotel itself is a character in this movie. Like literally, it is a character. You can't watch this and say this is not a character because it's just so darn good. Uh, it's got like a big view, scenic view. It's also got this foreboding um, hedge maze right out in the front that you know darn well. That's going to play a big part in this. Anyhow, while they're there, the father of the family starts going a little darker and getting a little bit crazier, and Jack Nicholson does it well. Pretty much everybody loves this adaption of Stephen King, except Stephen King himself. He actually hates this version. And, uh, you know, I guess he, he even went and made a version of his own. And... Uh, 
I still think this version is the best, although Kubrick did add a lot of his own things. And you're not really sure exactly what's going on. There's a lot of talk of shining, which is the powers that some people have, supernatural. And there's a lot of ghost stuff in this. There's lots of terrifying moments, and most of those terrifying moments are done through using your brain. And that's what you'll find with a lot of the movies that I have picked in my top 10. They actually play with your brain. That's why Alien would have fit good in here. I just always put that more science fiction. But it plays with your head. And this movie does. And I could see anybody going isolated, stir crazy, deals with mental illness and abuse and just... It's just a powerful film. I think most people have seen it. And this is one of those movies that if I'm flicking around the TV and I see that it's on, I'll actually stop and watch it a bit just because I want to know where they're at. And it's just great. And, and, and there's some visuals in this that still creep me out today. Hello, Mrs. Torrance. Anyhow, that's the little boy's finger if you guys didn't know. Coming in at number six has become one of my Halloween favorites, and I love it. It's Trick or Treat. Now, this is the anthology movie that came out around 2007, okay? There is another movie called Trick or Treat that came out in the 80s that is a rock and roll movie. Now, I really like that movie too, and it also works for Halloween, but I am talking about the anthology series Trick or Treat. Sam is the little boy that with the uh, burlap sack over his head. And he is the guy who links all these stories together. This is an awesome film. And the less you know about it, the better. It tells three or four stories that are linked together. And it's awesome to see it. When you watch one of the stories, you can actually see things in the background or hear things in the background to get an idea of exactly when this takes place when one of the other stories does. They're all linked together. And this is the kind of movie that's perfect for Halloween season or Halloween night. In fact, this is one I love to play on Halloween just because it sets the tone and it deals with a lot of actual Halloween superstitions or legends. And that's what I love. I love that this movie is slowly becoming big because this movie never really got a theatrical release. It played a couple of horror conventions and then eventually just got popped onto DVD. It has since found an audience, and now I'm actually seeing Sam merchandise. I recently purchased an amazing Sam doll, which I'm hoping to get a picture of so I can post it in here, and lots of other stuff. I'm seeing costumes with Sam. Sam deserves to be right up there. I hear them talking about doing a sequel to this, or maybe even a series, but I really hope they nail it because I think Trick or Treat is almost pitch perfect. It's just a fun little movie, and it's deliciously dark. It's horror. There's comedy in it. There's just so much going on, uh, and you got a great cast. You know, you got Ronnie Cox. You got Anna Paquin. Um, lots of other people that are slipping my mind right now, and uh, it really is just a really great fun time for movies, and it is dark. Um, a lot of people, you know, 
probably consider it very light, but in my eyes, it's dark. And worthy of my number six position on Halloween horror. But it's certainly on Halloween night, it's definitely one of the ones I would probably grab for the most. Coming in at number five as we crack the five scariest movies in my humble opinion. Remember, this is my opinion. I want to hear your opinion too. So remember to go down to the comments and tell me what I missed or what you think should have been in there or what you thought of mine. Am I crazy to include some of these movies? Number five, you can't fight with me on this one because it is considered one of the scariest movies of all time. And although younger generations may think it's a little mild now, this movie caused people to faint and go nuts, and it was the first horror movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I'm talking about The Exorcist, star starring Linda Blair. This movie is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, I was terrified of seeing this movie when I was a kid because I heard so much things about it, and that bothered me. I finally did see it on, uh, I believe I watched it on TV, so it was very edited, and then when I finally got to see the actual theatrical version, and I did actually see it on the big screen too, this movie scares the hell out of me, and I always find new things that bother me about this movie. For those of you who don't know about The Exorcist, it's about a little girl, Reagan, who is the daughter of a movie star that uh, suddenly one day life gets crazy when she is possessed by a demon. And as exorcists and priests try to help her, they figure out that they're dealing with something maybe even bigger than the demon. And it is just it's got so many iconic images, the infamous throwing up scene, the infamous crucifix, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, just if you watch the the, un, the director's cut with the spider walk, very creepy. The thing that bothers me most of this is not only some of the effects, and some of the effects I still think are pretty powerful. There's a couple that look dated and compared to now they could do so much better. But some of the other effects are actually really, really good. But the thing that gets me is the little flashes of faces that are all through this movie. And some are really obvious and some aren't. And it always bothers me. I saw a lot of them when I went to the, the, the TV, uh, theater to see this movie. Um, stuff that I didn't see when I was watching TV, but probably I was a little younger kid and I had my eyes over my face. And that's probably why I missed most of them. But I recently watched this and it still packed a punch with me. And uh, it's sad that Linda Blair, you know, became known for this. She must have been put through a lot because psychologically, this is a lot for a child to do but she does an amazing job and you know the actual exorcism very interesting and it basically you know it was a big hit when you had a lot of copycats and from the omen to every other possession film that came after exorcist set the bar for that thing and it still needs to be remembered as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Coming in my number four position is Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan Demme's take on uh, Serial Killer, 
Hannibal Lecter, of course, starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. This movie is awesome. Another one that got uh, not only a Best Picture nomination, but actually won. It could be the first horror movie that is considered to win. It blew away audiences. And I heard there's recently a backlash from the LGBT community, but I... I don't know much about that. All I know is this is still an incredible movie, and it still holds up. Clarice Starling is a young, I believe she's an FBI agent, who is trying to track down a serial killer, and they decide to talk to another serial killer in order to find that person. And, of course, Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter. Such a delicious performance. Now, they've done some prequels and some sequels, and... Lots of other things, but this movie still catches it. It's not really gory or anything like that, but it still puts chills. When you actually think of what the serial killers are doing and how Anthony Hopkins' performance playing against Jodie Foster's incredible performance, again, it's a battle of wills that tries to make you think... On a level, it, it's hard to describe, but anybody who's seen it, you know what I'm talking about. This movie is just so powerful, and it, it was definitely worthy of a Best Oscar win. And it still holds up today, and it's just a phenomenal examination. As I said, I've seen a couple of the sequels and the prequels, and they're okay. But I don't think anyone captures the essence as the first Silence of the Lambs, and it still has a lot going for it, and I think it will for a very long time. As I said, the LGBT controversy kind of, I think, has a lot to do with the main serial killer, Buffalo Bill, uh, as, you know, somebody who's, you know, trying to deal with their gender issues, and because they that makes them a psychopath, I, I don't know. If you have problems with it, you can stay away from this film. I'm, you know, a gay man. I have no problems with this film. I think this examines a certain case and doesn't try to say that people who have this kind of issue, ha we're all going to go around skinning people. I, I think this is a personal thing, and I'd have to debate that because I don't think this is trying to put down people who are gay or lesbian. This is a case of one person. And I think they do such a good, good character study on this stuff that this is good. Coming in in my number three spot definitely has a lot of comedy in it, but it is still a scary movie. And it inspired scary movie. It's Scream. Wes Craven's tribute to horror movies. This movie deserves to be on the list due to the fact that horror movies were kind of fading before Scream came out. Uh, we were just rehashing every, you know, Freddy Krueger, every Friday the 13th, every anything we could put a two, three, four, five, six behind, we would do it, and it was getting boring. No original ideas were coming up, and then Wes Craven decided to take this script by Kevin Williamson, who wrote it in the course of a weekend, I believe, when he was house-sitting at this very 
um, remote cabin and he came up with this wonderfully delicious horror slasher film that actually got itself. It basically is an homage to horror films and it actually puts some sense behind them as in you know they acknowledge the fact that in bad horror movies certain things happen and they avoid that by you know giving us some strong characters and uh, of course it stars Nev Campbell, uh, Courtney Cox, David Arquette and uh, and those are our three main characters and this movie really is well written it's well performed and it basically gets the whole concept of horror. I know other people think Cabin in the Woods is a great homage to, you know, making fun of horror. But to me, Scream does it with a love affair. I think there's a lot of cynicism in Cabin in the Wood, but that's just my opinion. Scream does it with a love for these old movies of the past. And that's what I get out of it. Now, it's funny. Scream, I think, is the best of the series. But I actually find Scream 2 to be a much scarier film. I think they put the characters in more scary situations. And I actually have troubles with Scream 2 because of that. But Scream as a whole is scary and it is well written. It's a wonderful film. Basically, it follows a simple, you know, high school girl that uh, is being stalked by a, a, a killer of students. And basically, they try their best to survive the night by using everything they've learned in the VHS movies that they've watched every weekend uh, of their life and try to use that to deal with the situation. It's very well good and a great commentary on why horror movies are so fabulous and why people like them. So um, I'll say right now that you're going to be not seeing some of the classic horror movies in my top 20. Um, stuff like the original Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Now I do enjoy those movies, but they are not my favorites. I think they're pretty sloppy, and I think that the 20 I have talked about are all much better films. That doesn't mean I don't like them. They're just, they just didn't make my list. So, for you Freddy and Jason fans, I apologize. Coming in at number two, it wasn't the first slasher film, but... It was the one that caused people to go crazy. Number two is Psycho, starring Janet Lee and Anthony Perkins, and of course directed by Alfred Hitchcock. A lot of people didn't want this movie made. It was based on one of those pulp novels, and uh, I just watched the movie Hitchcock, where basically people thought he was crazy for wanting to make this generic movie, uh, a slasher film. Um, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was known for making intelligent films that made you think, and now they basically, he was going to take on a movie that was considered to be fluffy and light and just an exploitation film. 
But he managed to get the finances together and give us still one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Again, for you younger fans, you might not find it quite as scary. You might even go into this knowing what the big twist is. I'm not going to reveal that here, just in case there might be one person who still does not know what happened, even though they did a whole TV show on it, and it's been mocked by pretty much every comedy thing out there. The story is basically about a woman who decides to take a big chance in her life, steals some money, and winds up trying to get her life together. And she winds up at a motel that will change her life forever, especially with the unusual caretaker, Norman Bates, and his mother that uh, run the hotel motel. Anyhow, it's a fabulous movie. It's probably one of Hitchcock's best, I think, out of the ones I've seen. It is his best, not just visually, but I love how they do it. This is a movie that does fall under the alien and uh, shining, playing with your mind due to the fact that uh, we follow the Janet Lee character from the get-go. And for those of you who do know, spoiler here, the infamous shower scene sees the end of Janet Lee's character. Halfway through the movie, we are left with no lead character until we realize that it's Norman Bates that we're following. He's quirky, crazy, and a little twisted. And when we find that we have to follow him, it's very unnerving. And that's what makes Psycho work the best. It's the first time in movies that we've kind of abandoned it. And it's, it's just a great tool to use because usually we watch a movie and it's like, okay, we know who we're following through the rest of the movie. But when that movie's taken out of the equation and you're left with this guy, it, it really is chilling. I do wish everybody sees it, even if you might not think it's so great because you're you know maybe younger and you don't think it's as scary as some of the newer stuff coming out. I do challenge you still to watch it because it is amazing. And anybody knows me knows what my number one is. Uh, it will always probably be my number one. It scared the bejeebas out of me when I first saw it, and it still does today. It's the original Halloween from 1978, and John Carpenter's classic with Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance. Uh, Halloween is just an amazing film. Uh, it is was done on a very cheap budget, and he... The, it's not the killings that get me in Halloween, it's the stalking. It's the the mental anxiety this movie puts you through when Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strobe, is basically hunted by this person. And you see him lurking in various places. As I said in one of my memory lanes, I grew up in a neighborhood that looked like this. So, you know, seeing faces and hedges and stuff, I actually, it is really creepy to me. I actually put off watching this movie for many, many years because I was just so frightened. I remembered as a kid watching Siskel and Ebert review it, and just the images they showed freaked me out. I eventually decided to face my fears, and I got a copy at Blockbuster 
popped it in one afternoon to make sure it was all light and dark and it still terrified me. I love watching this movie. Again, it's like Texas Chainsaw. I said, why do I do this to myself? I shouldn't watch it. I know it's a good film. But there's so much in this film. Some of it is a little dated, but if you just get lost in this world, it's not, it's, it's, you can handle the datedness of it. Um, again, lots of sequels, some hit, some were not. Uh, they've rebooted it, they've remade it, they've done everything to it, but nothing seems to catch the magic of the innocence of the 70s. And as I said, it wasn't the first slasher film. There were movies like Black Christmas and, and uh, other films before this, but this was the movie that got everybody on board and everybody wanted their Halloween. And uh, that's why this one sits so well with me. I think it's still one of the greatest horrors of all time. And just the name alone, Halloween, makes it the perfect choice to pop into your DVD player or find it on streaming or wherever you watch your horror movies this Halloween season. I hope I got you to reminisce about some of your favorite Halloween movies that I've talked about. Maybe I helped you discover some new ones, or maybe ones that you want to rediscover. Again, please go to the comments, tell me what you like to put on for Halloween. Do you like a good scary movie, or do you prefer something lighter like Young Frankenstein, or the Paul Lind Halloween special? What do you like to watch? Let me know in the comments. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if it's for Halloween fun you're looking for, check out all the stuff on Mondo Nostalgia from trivia to Count Devula to just lots of great fun things. And the Facebook page too will have Halloween stuff as well. Thank you for listening. Sadly, our tribute to Halloween will end, but we'll have a great podcast for you next week for sure. Thanks for listening, and happy Halloween from Mondo Nostalgia.